<clears throat> Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Zero to 60. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. As always, on the Believe Network, we are rolling uh, as usual. Remember that our show is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. They do a great job of supporting the show and supporting everybody on Believe. Make sure you go and check out the uh, Bet Online. Use the promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, and they'll give you a 50% retention bonus on your first deposit. Uh, with March Madness coming up and the NBA in full swing coming back off the All Star break. And everything else is going on in the world of NHL and fighting and so on and so forth. There's plenty to bet on, even with football being over. And you can get all your best wagering news and notes. And I get my weather from that site, so it's great. Um, look, they, they do a great job. Bet Online's our title sponsor, and we wouldn't be here without them. So go check it out. Use the promo code Believe, and we are rolling. Uh, Nine-year NFL vet and former teammate of mine and a great friend, uh, former New York Jet and former Kansas City Chief, and a proud Maine Black Bear, and, and back up there now working uh, for the University of Maine, a post-career nine-year veteran, Mike DeVito, on the defensive line, joining us here on Zero to 60. Mike, what's happening? Matty, brother, I can't thank you enough for having me on, man. You know what's funny? I think back to one of my first days with the Jets and seeing you and thinking, boy, that's a savage bastard right there. And you still look the same, man. You still that's look right. like that guy I would not want to mess with in an alley. <laughs> so, no, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, bro. we uh, we we had plenty of battles back in the day, and uh, you know, you were one of the guys that I knew that if you didn't go full bore, you'd get ran over, and that was the that was the beauty of the of the league that we played in back in the day. And it's something I want to talk to you about, Mike. Today is, you know, you're an undrafted guy, and you had to cut your teeth and bust your ass in the league. I was undrafted; I had to cut my teeth and bust my ass in this league. We're watching this the Super Bowl team, and you know we were just saying before you went on the show that you know we were in New York together, and we had to climb this mountain with Tom Brady on top of it. And we just, you know, it was con it was a constant battle. And you were on a team uh, after I left and went to Miami. You were on a team that actually went to Foxborough and won a division game against uh, the Patriots when they were heavily favored. And then, you know, right before Mahomes gets to Kansas City, you decide to hang up the cleats, and now they've gone on a three-Super <laughs> three Bowl streak here. So, I mean, it, just, just let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit before we get into the, the Mahomes and Brady comparisons. But what do you think about the Super Bowl? Um, and what do you think about this Chiefs dynasty, man? Because there's no doubt now with three Super Bowl titles in five years and four trips, then it is definitely that. Oh, man, this team is incredible, man. And, you know, we'll talk about Mahomes, and he's obviously the key piece. I mean, when you look at Super Bowl winning teams, teams that make it to the Super Bowl, um, it's, you know, it's usually, it's almost always, you know, an, an incredible quarterback at the helm. So you, you need that. Uh, but the one thing that I, I love about Kansas City is just their ability to, to handle any sort of adversity. You know, the adversity that, buries most teams right so you can nor generally 99 of the time you look at the last five games of a team going into the playoffs and that can that's going to inform you on how well that team's going to do in right. the playoffs so the last five games of regular season and kansas city you know they they to their standards struggled this year uh and when you look at the end of the year they they weren't playing their best football and so I'm looking at them thinking, there's there's just no way. I mean, how are they going to pull this together? You know, they beat the Bengals, and that was a good win. But outside of that, they had some real rocky games leading up into the playoffs. And I thought, ah, this isn't good. They're not, they're not firing on all cylinders. They're not going to be ready for the playoffs. And yet, 
just, you know, just in time. I don't know if I've ever seen a team do it before. They turned it on, right? And they they beat the Dolphins and then they go on the road, which is a, something they haven't had to deal with in the Mahomes uh, era with the road playoff games. And Maddie, you, you know, like when we were in New York. It was hard, bro. Oh, man, the road playoffs. It, it, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the flights. I don't know if it's the, the shorter week. I, but they're, it's just it's exponentially harder on the road. And they they went into Buffalo. They went into Baltimore. I mean, these are games I'm thinking there's no way. Um, and they got it done. And it's just – and and interestingly, they, they rode the defense, right? This is a team that so long has been – led by Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid offense, and you're thinking, oh, you know, this team doesn't – they don't need to play defense. They just got to score 60 points. Now, you know, this year they look slower on offense, but now the defense steps up and has one of the best defenses in, you know, and I don't know how long. So uh, this team is really – and going back to my original point, you know, we talk about Pat Mahomes, and obviously he's important, but I was – Andy Reid brought – me in there his first year there in 2013 and and Matt you know when you have a coach who knows how to win it's easy to buy in right and we I, everybody knew right away oh yeah coach Reed's philosophy the way he does things um uh you know his culture this is going to this is easy to sign our name on this because this is is clear that he has a systematic approach and knows how to win football games um and so that's what I really attribute their ability to be able to overcome whatever sort of circumstances they're dealing with is not just Pat Mahomes, but I think it's everybody being bought into that Kansas City Chiefs culture and philosophy over a long period of time. Um, and so there's no wavering. There's no flinching. I mean, these guys trust the coaches. They trust the guys around them. They lean on each other and they get it done. Um, and so it's, it, it was, you know, so to the Super Bowl it was an amazing, you know, it was a fun game to watch. And by that point I knew, I was like, yeah, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to win this one. I mean, there, there's no way they're going to come this far and not win this game. So it was a close one, but, uh, but fun game to watch. Yeah. So when you're talking about, you know, the greatness of these quarterbacks and, uh, you brought up Andy Reid, and you know you you played for a, a lot of different coaches, a lot of different position coaches. Was he probably the most prominent head man that you played for? Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. Rex awesome to play for, but but Andy's got to have the most pelts on the wall, right? Yeah, no question, no question. So I had three head coaches in the NFL, and it really was they really span the spectrum of styles of coaching, right? So when I first got in the league, you know, we had Eric Mangini. And that was very much Bill Belichick, tight ship, everything. You know, you know how many grains of sand are on the entrance mat going not, into the Yeah. This is, this is not what we're looking for. Meeting. Ah. This is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. I mean, not, I was thinking about it last night, Matt. I mean, to this day, I think the hardest thing I've ever done is that 2007 training camp. It was uh, fucking ruthless, Mike. Uh, and, Matt, we weren't like – let's get ready for the season. Like, oh boy, we're, we're going to do well this year. It was like, hey guys, we're going to survive. We'll make it yeah, through this. Everybody like, just just band together and let's get through this shit. That's it. Hang on. Hang on tight. I remember Eric saying one of our, Eric Manji saying one of our first meetings to the rookies saying, um, it might have been a team meeting, Matt. You might have been there for this. He said, uh, uh, he finished the meeting like this. Listen, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, so I remember. Just, I remember. You this. remember that? And it was yeah. like, 
I felt it in my soul. I was like, oh man. He's like, They're just like, oh, this, is gonna be, this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> so there was that. So, but the thing that was nice about that, Matt, is we had to focus on the details, right? We had to focus on the little things. You learned how to study, you learned how to play the game. You learned, I mean, we OTAs were 12 hour days back then. We were in at eight and out at eight. You know, it was nuts. And so I had nine days off for the summer as a rookie. I think we got home at like July 11th and then July 21st, we were back. Uh, so that's how, you know, nine days off for the summertime. But you learned how to play football and that built my foundation. So that was huge. And then Rex gets there and he's the total opposite end of the spectrum, right? Rex is like, if I got to bail you out of jail on Saturday, as long as you come and play well on Sunday, we're good. You know what I mean? So it was like it was like whiplash going from Eric Mangini to Rex Ryan because it was just I don't care about anything but you guys winning. We're gonna talk shit on the on uh, uh, to Brady and to his wife and to Belichick and we don't care. And it was like it was total you know nuts. So that was a lot of fun and obviously winning those games was a lot of fun. I think. Where that um, style runs into problems is if you don't have good leadership in the locker room. So I know you were you were in Miami at the time, but when we started after those two AFC championship uh, years, we lost LT, we lost Sean Ellis, yeah. uh, we lost Jason Taylor, we lost all these great leaders. Sean went to New England. You remember that? What's that? To New England. Went to New England, and I was like, oh, that doesn't look right. That's not. Yeah. That's <laughs> Hands down, I mean that—that's almost as weird as Brady in a Bucks jersey. You know what I mean? I mean it's just like, um, but yeah, we lost all of our leadership, and I think that that's a problem now when you don't have, when you don't have a sort of uh, when it's a no, sort of really no rules, anything goes. If you don't have good leaders at the top, it's hard to win, and so we we sort of collapsed after that. So you had. You know, Eric on one side, Rex on the other side. Then right in the middle is Andy Reid. So Andy Reid, like I said at the beginning, has a very systematic approach. He has rules, but every rule has a history, right? I mean, everything that he does has a history. So, for example, um, he didn't let you put your helmets down. You had to, if you were at practice, you had to carry your helmets all the time. And so, if you wanted to get a water or something, you can't just put your helmet down and go get water. You got to hold on to that. And the reason being, one time he was in Philly, and I believe one of the receivers ran around, ran out of bounds, tripped over a helmet, and got hurt because there was a helmet on the ground. So that was the end of it. So all the rules that Andy Reid has in place, you might you know not like them, but there's a reason for them. There wasn't just some random, I'm just going to be a dick and put rules. So he had, he had rules. He had structure, very systematic and everything. At the same time, he gave guys their freedom. He let the guys be the guys. He would always say, let your personality shine, have fun. And so it was good mix of, you know, Eric Mangini and Rex Ryan, Andy Reid right in the middle of those two. And uh, and it, it was, you know, and that's, again, I believe why they have so much success because he's able to walk that line of letting the guys be free, have fun, do that stuff, but also having the attention to detail and, the you know, being able to um, uh, button things up when things need to get buttoned up. Um, so – so all of that to say, Matt, I, I was very lucky to, to learn, you know, and see all those different styles of coaching and, and each one helped me grow as a player. So where do you sit on the, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm confused on this one. Okay. okay. Where do you sit on the, uh, taking the ball at the end of regulation and not kicking the ball off to 
and and like not getting the extra down and not having the two point conversion possibility. Like you got Kyle Juszczyk who went to Harvard for God's sakes on the sideline, saying he didn't know the rule in the middle of just everything, while Mahomes and Andy Reid, your guy, are sitting over there talking about the intricacies of the play and why they want to do it and yada yada yada. That that seems like a massive, massive, massive break between leadership and the team for the right. 49ers, and it costs them a, a chance to win a title, period. You don't give right. the ball to home second. What, are you out of your mind? Right, right. You're exactly right, Matt. And and that highlights Andy Reid. It wasn't surprising that when reports came out afterwards, they had practiced that exact scenario, right? So, like, Kansas City had practiced, this. if this game goes into overtime, this is how we're going to approach it. And so it's again, it speaks to Andy Reid's sort of attention to detail. And I don't know what happened with San Francisco because because um, that just seems like an obvious scenario that you'd want to that you'd want to think through and be ready for, right? And this um, is the second year in the playoffs that is that that rule has been changed. I hope yeah. the NFL just adopts it completely because I hate ties. But uh, like, I don't think we should have different rules for the playoffs that we do for the regular season. A win is a win, but. I just feel like that's at the beginning. If you're not going to talk about it during the regular season, okay, it's a different rule. But if you're if you're getting into the playoffs, that should be talked about in the wild card round. Like, hey, exactly. the wild the, the the overtime rules are different, and right. this is the this is what we're going to do if they win the toss, if we win the toss. It doesn't right. really matter which way we kick. Who cares? But you know, this isn't a college stadium. But at the same time, the fact that they didn't even go over it. I mean, I don't know, but it seems like Steve Wilkes got fired and he was maybe scapegoated a little bit when there was a lot of fingers to point. You know, usually when you see something in the media where the players are coming out defending a coach, something egregious happened, bro. Because yeah. usually the players aren't just going to come out and start talking shit in the media. We're trained pretty well. So, yeah. It, it was bad, man. I mean, I just – I don't understand how you can miss something like that. Well, and that's the thing too, man. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? There's a – a lack of leadership because you know that's it's not just you know the head coach or the OC looking at that. You have an entire organization study, you know, looking at all of these responsible for this. That's what I'm saying. Somebody hey, you know, we should probably review the overtime rules because they're different and so right. So I mean, you know, that's a leadership thing. There's got to be somebody that catches that and says, Oh, yeah, no. Uh, and as a head coach, you got to make sure you got people covering you. So that's that's a that's a travesty. And you, man, you imagine a whole season, a whole season. You get to the pinnacle, you get to the overtime of the pinnacle, and you don't know the rule. I mean, it's just it's like a yeah. it's just a life lesson. You know what I mean? Like there, you there's just, like I break, I break down a ton of film too, and there's two or three instances at the end of the game too, where there are just egregious bad play in the offensive line and they're going to the wrong guy in protection. And then Kansas city is like executing their third down play dump off to McKinnon. It looks so easy, but it's right. so complex with full turns and things like that. Like Kansas city was so well coached and so ready and San Francisco was hoping to win and Kansas city was ready to win. It does. Matt, that's great. That's exactly right. And, you know, Rex talked about this when we were in New York, um, the importance of having playoff experience. So it's not enough just to get there, but having a roster of guys who have been there and done that. 
And if you yeah. look at the leadership in Kansas City's locker room, you know, those guys have been through playoff games where they came back from 30 points down. Yeah, remember um, that so Houston they, game where they were down like 24 nothing and one? That's some, I know. That's some, that's incredible, man. It's incredible. So they've been through that, right? Pat Mahomes, is, he's played more playoff games than I freaking played in my career. You know what I mean? It's just it's incredible how, you know, how – They've just been there, done that. There's no state, there's no stage, whether it be the wild card round or the Super Bowl in overtime, that's too big for them. They just go out there and execute. And so I think that is one of those underlying elements everybody was talking about before the game that I thought really favored um, the Chiefs over the 49ers is that the the playoff experience on the Chiefs roster was far superior to that of the 49ers. And I think that that, to your point, they were just – they were playing to win. They were ready to win. Because they've been here on the film event. Mike DeVito joins us here on the Believe Network on 0-60. to 60. We're rolling. Uh, we're going to change topics here and move forward. Uh, you know, Mike's a great Jet and Chief. We played together in New York. He's a good friend of mine. Now he's back back up in the University of Maine uh, helping the next generation. You're talking about leadership. Brady and Mahomes, you, 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 we played Brady so many times, and it was just such a pain in the ass. And now you got the the – you know, Patrick Mahomes doing pretty much the same thing, even at a faster clip in Kansas City now. Have these two ruined quarterback play? Like, everybody's going to be compared to these two now. And you yeah. guys could win, like, three Super Bowls and be considered average, yeah. where I think it's, like, if you're on the list with three Super Bowls, that's that's the most elite list in the world. And, exactly. like, now it's going to be like, oh, well, he's only got three. And I, I don't know, man. I, this is a pretty hard, high bar to to look at trying to reach when you've got, in my opinion, maybe the worst group of quarterbacks in the history of the NFL going right now. But so, look, the top is very heavy. Right. But after about ten, there's just a bunch of guys. Yeah, why is that, man? This? Be, be, look, and I was going to ask this question back too. Why? Why is that? And you, you look at the draft now, and you got Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and all these dudes at the top of the draft. You've got maybe five or six quarterbacks going in the first round. I I don't know the answer on why, but I take it back to the beginning of of our talk here on zero to sixty, Mike, and that's twelve hour OTA days, and nine days off in the summer, and like we didn't. We were part of an era where we didn't have negotiated time off. Like we, we, it was you're in the National Football League. It means not for long. The shit is really hard. You either figure it out and get your pension, or you don't. Right. And now I, I just feel like it's so catered toward the comfort and like the we don't want to get guys hurt that it has. It's kind of tainted the development mentally of guys from a toughness standpoint, but also from a knowledge standpoint. Whereas We'll put it like this: when I when I screwed up and I got taken out, the guy behind me was good enough to take my job. Yeah, I right. don't know if the guy behind people these days is good enough to take someone's job consistently when the guy fucks up. Like exactly when, right. when the starter makes a mistake, they have to look and, and go, "Well, we've got five other guys here, but none of them have any experience and none of them can play, and we haven't developed any of them because we don't have time to do it. So we're just going to ride with the veteran." So I think that has a lot to do with it, but I think there's a big-time lack of depth in the NFL, especially quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Matt, um, I would not have made it in the NFL now. There's no way. There's no way I would have made it either. I couldn't have shown what I was. Exactly. There's no no opportunity to go get in a fight or go play hard or beat full pads. And, like, that 07 training camp was terrible, but 
that was the first time I'd ever play offense. That was your rookie year. Right. So like everything that you did, every rep was so important. And we were always in full pads and it was always brutal because they're trying to figure out if you can handle Sunday. Right. Matt. So I, I cut my, I was a run game guy, right? I was not, uh, I was not sacking quarterbacks that often. I mean, I was in there to stop the run. Um, and when you look at that training camp, 2007, right? We get out there, we'd have nine on seven team run to after practice nine on seven to start practice. Like yeah, whistle blows and you go straight to wartime after live tackle drill. And after the little open field tackle drill, then the nine on seven, then we had a team run. And then after the first practice, the rookies would have to do another nine on seven. Then you go in, eat lunch, get taped, come back out, nine on seven, team run, in pads, after practice, rookies. So every day I did six run nine on seven type periods for a whole month. For a whole month, I don't know what the what it's like now, but my last few years in Kansas City under the new rules, um, before the first preseason game, I think we had seven padded practices. That's ridiculous. That's like one week. That's what I'm saying. But by the time we played, by the time we played our first preseason game, we had triple that number. You know what I mean? And it's and it's like those practices were hard as hell. I don't, I don't remember everybody just dropping like flies either. I remember people getting hurt because it's football, but we didn't like lose our whole team. And in fact, if I remember correctly, in 07, didn't we make didn't we make the playoffs in 07? That was the year before I got there. The year before you got the in 07, yeah. we, we were we struggled we in 07. Almost, that's when we had Brett, right? We traded for Favre. That was the next almost, year. That was the next year. So 07, yeah. we sucked. We sucked in 07. Yeah, but it wasn't because we were injured. It wasn't because we were injured. We just we, we just, just weren't as good. Yeah. 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 Um so what do you think honestly, the answer is with that, bro? Like you at the college level, at the pro level, how do you I mean everything's changed so much to be safety first? How do you promote the most violent game ever created as safety first? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, well, you know what, Matt, it makes me so grateful for things that you're doing, right? Like to have somebody like you, who's a specialist, who knows how to train offensive, defensive linemen, and those guys come to you and you get them ready to go, right? Like this, this is how these players are going to get up to that level. There's no more of, I'm just going to get it at the facility, right? These guys have to seek out guys like you who are who know the game inside and out, who know exactly what we've been talking about and can give them that information and get them ready to go. I love watching what you're doing with these guys. I love watching the clips you put up there, the film you're going through, all of that stuff, because I know that it's giving these kids, high school and college, what they need to get to the next level. Because unfortunately, because of these new rules, you can't get it anymore in high school or in college. Um, uh, and forget it. I mean, going in the NFL, you better you better be ready. Like we were saying, I'm not I'm not making the NFL in this NFL. You bet if you're not ready to go, man, you're not you're you're got no chance. And I wasn't ready to go. And there are a lot of guys that like that. So and, and um, like you bring that up, and I was I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I've been working with Mike Pinnell, big number sixty nine. Yeah. Oh, I love him. He He's went to Grand, he went to Grandview down the street here in Denver and I've been working with him since he was a rookie and he's a great friend. And I don't know how many times we've worked on 
you're a two-eye or a four-eye, and you're back-king the tackle off of a double team, and they're going to run to the linebacker and avoid you. And instead of just running with the guard, we're going to back-key the tackle and sit in the gap and make a play. And he and made the play. Do you That play where he shelved Trent Williams with one arm. Yes. Just shed him and just ate McCaffrey in the hole. That I was like – I was sitting here in my, in my house like, God damn, Mike, that's why we do this shit, bro. Oh, man, and then that's – I can go find a clip in my phone of him doing the exact action. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty impressive. So, well, and, that, and that's, I didn't realize you were working, but that's incredible. And that was probably my favorite play from the Super Bowl because you're right. And, and especially this is the case in Spags' defense where those guys are playing the run on the way to the quarterback, right? Everybody's up the field 100 miles an hour. So when I saw a, D, a two eye, not chase the guard and play back hard into the tackle to and and keep that you know because they want you, you know, just like you said they want you to chase down they, they want, want to shorten that edge so yep. for him to play back like that one hand up and make that tackle i was like where did he learn that because there's not enough time to teach that and i'm sure spags ain't too worried about that so that's so funny that i had no idea he was working with you but if you were to ask me my favorite play from the super bowl it was that one um so it and goes it, right it, to our point it's it's the ability as you become a veteran player on this league. And look, Mike has great coaches with the with the Chiefs. It's not all because of me. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But you know, he's he's a vet. He's been around forever. And when you see it, when you know something's coming in the in the National Football League, you have the opportunity to go make a play. And then what separates guys who stick around and guys who don't is injuries. And then can you make that play or can't you? So. You know, it was just good to see Mike making those plays. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out of here after this, but I, I wanted to circle back here to the Mahomes and Brady thing. Oh, yeah. So I want to get your opinion on this because I forgot to ask in the middle of the show. You know, you played nine years. You played in Kansas City. You're part of that community. Obviously, you love Mahomes and you're a fan now. And then playing with the Jets, you know, and, and chasing uh, the Patriots as long as we did there in New York. And as long as you did there with the Rex Ryan years as well, what really hit the crescendo. Brady had two dynasties. Brady had a dynasty when he was a pup and then took 10 years off and lost two and then let the Steelers win a couple and Aaron Rodgers win one and yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden he won four more and like, it, you know, went to 10. That's, I'm still struggling with the whole, well, Mahomes is on Brady's level when he's only been to four and won three, and the other guy's been to ten. But let's just compare the first half. Brady, Brady's Brady's first half. Mahomes has got more touchdowns. He's got more wins. He's done it faster. I don't know if that's just because of Mahomes, though, because of what we just talked about this entire show is the NFL's not the same. Oh, so – so, what you know, like Tom always talks about guys back before the rule changes, you couldn't throw guys into certain areas because Cam Chance would rip their face off. Like, you can't do that shit anymore. So, where do you sit on the whole Mahomes-Brady thing? I know both are great, but you chased one and didn't get to play with them, and now you're watching another one at a place where you did play. Where do you sit on this? Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's, there's so many ways you can go back and forth with it. I mean, first off – if, if you t if you look at the overall resume, my goodness, to do what Brady did, even with Mahomes, as much as he's done so far, it's been amazing to play as long as Brady did and as successfully as was for as long as he was. I mean, that's still, to me, he's the greatest athlete of all time. I don't know how 
how the hell he did that. Um, now, if we, but if we say, okay, let's just look at the first half, right? Think back to 2007 when you, when we were playing with the Jets, right? I'm, this is my first time getting ready for uh, uh, Tom Brady, the Patriots. This is Tom Brady in his prime, but he's, right. you know, his prime lasted for two decades. But Tom Brady in his prime, you know, great receivers. What are our top personnel groups as we prepare for um, getting ready for the, the Patriots offense? 21 and 12. 12, 21, 22, 13, big-ass tight. I mean, they ran the football. That That's why I was able to play back then is because even Tom Brady in his prime in New England, they're still, what, 60% run? Yeah, they wow. ran the shit out of the ball. Oh, Corey and you know, all those, all you know, just big back after big back. Belichick would just bring a new guy in. Exactly. And that's so what I wonder is what are Mahomes' passing stats in the 2000 to 2007 New England Patriot offense? I mean, I feel like it's going to be similar to Tom Brady, not because, um, you know, not because of skill level, just because of scheme. Like it was just, the game was so much different. You ran the football. That's that's what you did. And so, you know, what does Tom Brady look like now in Andy Reid's era? And, and you know, is he putting up all those numbers as a rookie? I don't. I mean, he he led the league in passing his last year at forty three years old. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I that's what I'm saying. I know. I, I listen, Mahomes. I didn't think anybody could ever do what Brady did. And what we're seeing from Mahomes is there's there's a chance that there's somebody that can do it. Right, you you know, being able to do it for two decades and seven Super Bowl wins and ten Super Bowl appearances, you know, there's still a lot left out there to go. And what's hard too is the cap. I mean, when you look at the numbers, you see Kansas City every year has got Hall of Fame players. Eventually, you can't pay everybody. And so, you know, can can Mahomes continue to be successful on the years where they don't have guys? Like Brady, you know, how many years did we did Brady have receivers? We didn't know the names of any I mean, of them. Well, just think about like he his best group ever with Welker and Moss and all those cats. They didn't even they didn't win it. They lost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he won with Deion Branch and David Patton and guys like that and Troy Brown. <laughs> so it's exactly. I, I'd be interested to see when Mahomes does lose Kelsey when Chris Jones retires because they're all older than him, how he elevates the next generation when he's an old head so it'll, it'll be good to see uh mike exactly. devito brother thank you so much for coming on the show i appreciate you uh it, it, best of luck at the university of maine this year the black bears i've always got an eye on them knowing uh how locked in you are with them up there and and a great one double a program that you're an alma mater of and uh great nine-year vet and a guy who uh you, you always you always help me sharpen the iron there bro every day so Keep it up. We'll be in touch. We'll get some body bags up there to main country. And uh absolutely. Yeah, man. Man. Just Maddie, keep, keep keep looking good over there. Still look still look like you could read a four eye to me. Yeah, man, Maddie. I appreciate you so much, yeah. brother. Love you, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. Keep it up, Mike. Peace. All right, folks. Tuesday show is in the books. We appreciate everybody uh watching this morning as we chop it up with the next teammate of mine, Mike DeVito. Uh, had a lot of interesting things to say there. We'll be cutting up some of those clips and posting them on social media, as always. Uh, we'll have a good uh, grouping of shows this week. Make sure you keep your uh, your ear to the ground on who we're going to have on. Coach Ryan Walters from Purdue is going to be on. Coach Bill Beatenbaugh from uh, the University of Oklahoma, their great offensive line coach, is going to be on. And 
Uh, tomorrow we're going to be uh, uh, announcing something that we're going to be on, doing on the 28th of February uh, at the end of the month that's going to be pretty big time that's going to be on the show as well. So we'll be announcing that tomorrow after I've confirmed uh, where we're doing it. And, uh, it, yeah, that'll be pretty cool. So we appreciate you. Uh, I'm Matt McChesney. Thank you to Bree Maces for all she does behind the scenes. And thank you to Mike DeVito for coming on the show today. Have a good day, folks. We're out of here.